welcome to Stories That Connect Us, a podcast for storytellers and story lovers alike. I'm your host, Nikki. Stories That Connect Us seeks to unite people through the power of storytelling, providing a platform for everyday people to share their stories. Why? Because everyone has a story. Our stories matter. Sit back, grab a drink and get ready to listen, learn and be inspired. Welcome back to Stories That Connect Us. I'm so glad you're here. Today is the much-awaited solo edition. It's a time when I want to pause and reflect on the last 10 episodes. I'm going to take you on a journey over the past 10 stories that we've shared on this podcast and give you my reflections and insights. What a privilege it's been to give the stage to many wonderful guests to share their stories with this community. I hope you enjoy what I'm about to share and find at least one actionable thing to take away. If you do, don't keep it to yourself, that's selfish. Share it with a friend. Let's start with episode one. This was the introductory one, where you met your host, Nikki. Yours truly, moi. I shared my desire to be a podcaster that spanned beyond three years. Procrastination was the culprit for the delay. The lesson here for you, and certainly for me, is just start. Before you shut me down, I'm not saying it's easy. When starting this podcast, I figured out step one. I did step one. And then step two revealed itself. I'm not saying it doesn't pay to have a grand and detailed plan. I salute those that have this. But if I waited to have the first 10 steps for the Stories That Connect Us podcast in the bag, I really don't believe I would be here recording episode 11 today. Now looking back, I would say to anyone else wanting to start a podcast, or any other project really, have a framework, not a rigid system. I think being rigid about anything in life closes you off to opportunities that you couldn't imagine for yourself. I've evolved my podcast systems and processes with each story. What I had set up when I released my trailer isn't what I have in place today. I've used my own reflections on what's worked and what hasn't, as well as sought honest feedback from listeners and guests. I would sum up the lesson from episode one by saying, make progress, not perfection. Progress is progress. Don't get out your tape measure. Celebrate every single small win. This podcast has enabled me to feel comfortable to push on and release content when everything hasn't gone 100% to plan. I've had noisy neighbours, slamming doors, email pings and sirens blaring, to name a few. Some things are simply out of your control. Facts. Perhaps the best example of personal growth for me can be seen in the way that I pressed the pause button on the release date of this episode. I pushed it back from August to September. I truly believe that I wouldn't have had the strength or the guts to do this five months ago. I'd have spent way too much energy worrying about what others, who the hell are they, would think. One thing I know for sure is I have no clue what others think. None. And neither do you. Our second lesson comes from my very first guest, Jane, graphic design extraordinaire. People have asked me if I've got a favourite guest. Truth be told, I've enjoyed every single conversation and have learned something new each time. This isn't a cop-out, trust me. But there will always be something special about my first interview. 
I'm not going to lie, I was nervous when recording this episode. I'm talking sweaty palms and all. In a nutshell, Jane's story is about her struggle with mental health problems. Her clinical depression started to impact her ability to concentrate and get on at work. And she battled terribly with whether she had a right, quote unquote, to feel depressed. It wasn't until she raised her hands for help that she began to see a way forward. Seeking support, which for her was medication, was the catalyst to finding her purpose and passion as a freelance graphic designer, creating epic content for small business owners and entrepreneurs. The lesson for me from Jane's story is that whilst everything might be figureoutable, that famous Marie Forleo catchphrase, you don't have to have everything figured out at least not at once anyway. The multiple jobs in different industries that Jane has tried her hand at, from working in a pub to being a personal trainer and even dipping her toe in the modelling world, all these jobs have allowed her to figure out what she likes and just as important, what she doesn't like. Perhaps we should see life as a mezze or a tapas menu. The more we sample different delights, the more colourful and interesting our plates become. Plus, there's no shame in getting other people to help you find a solution to a problem. There's a phrase which really rings true to Jane's story and maybe life in general. Everyone doesn't know what you know, so share it. Episode 3 saw me in conversation with Kate Davis, leadership coach. I've really enjoyed sitting down to speak with Kate. We laughed a lot. Her story is one of self-discovery and her journey hasn't been a straight road but more of a windy one with twists and turns. When I think about it, who can say with a straight face that their life has been linear? Kate's been on a mission to create a life where she is doing more of what makes her happy. Having achieved this for herself, she worked with creative agency founders and CEOs, helping them to lead a team where everyone feels motivated and valued. As she entered adulthood and began to make life choices, She realised that a lot of her decisions and the paths that she walked down were based on what she thought she should or ought to do. She should study law and she should get a professional job as a lawyer and work in top law firms. Kate realised after years of following through on these shoulds that she was doing nothing that made her happy and she began to put steps in place to build a better life for herself and her family. One thing I took away from Kate's story is not to compare somebody else's outsides with your insides. What do I mean by this? Well, in this age of social media, people only show you what they want you to see, usually the good bits. With this being said, expending energy on building a life based on the life you see others having doesn't seem sensible. We know that comparison is the thief of joy, but yet many of us fall foul to it. One thing that Kate advised that is super practical is to find out what drives you and what drains you and work to have more drivers than drainers. For some of us, a driver might be working in large teams. For others, this might be a big drain. The title of this podcast episode is Do More of What Makes You Happy. This is intentional, as it's not realistic to only do what makes you happy. We can't eliminate all the drainers from our life. Since listening to Kate, 
I've reevaluated my definition of happiness. Happiness doesn't have to mean that you're grinning like a Cheshire cat 24-7. Dr. Rangan Chatterjee summed it up nicely when he said that happiness is like a three-legged stool. One leg is for alignment, the other contentment, and the third and final one for control. Alignment is when who you say you are and who you actually are match. When you're content, it means that you're at peace with your life and the choices that you make. This doesn't mean that you're not striving for more or that you don't make mistakes. Finally, control is that within reason, you don't believe that anything has the power to overwhelm you. For me, this equates to a popular affirmation of everything is working out for me. Everything is working out for me. Everything is working out for me. Say it to yourself. With this kind of view, you have the faith that you'll be able to handle everything that comes your way. Good, bad and indifferent. Next, we had Natasha. Natasha Matani is a divorce and relationship coach who is passionate about empowering women of South Asian descent to cut through the cultural conditioning and thrive in their relationships. She's also made it her mission to destigmatize divorce in the South Asian community after experiencing it herself around a decade ago. I know many of you enjoyed this episode and could relate to the journey that Natasha has been on. If you've not listened to it, I'd highly encourage it. The key insight from this story is gardening. Wait, I can hear the confusion in your voice. Let me explain. Natasha's healing could only begin when she was willing to reflect on her beliefs and values and examine their origin. She took each belief and asked herself, where had it come from? And most importantly, whether or not it was serving her. She encouraged us to do some good old-fashioned pruning and weeding of our belief garden. My terminology, not Natasha's. When we're born, we're not yet gardeners, and so others around us, our parents, family, educators and society, they plant flowers and ornaments in our garden. We take on these ideas as our own. If we don't do the pruny exercise that Natasha speaks about, we'll walk through our entire lives with the beliefs, values and ideas of others. Let that sink in. It's important to point out that as we do this exercise of examining our beliefs, we will come across things that don't serve us. For example, some things may have been passed on to us by our parents, who more than likely had the same belief passed on to them, but didn't do the work to question it. This exercise shouldn't be accompanied by blame and shame, but instead with compassion and tenderness. The people who planted the beliefs in our garden likely did so with good intention. You may even find beautiful flowers in your garden, like roses or tulips. But you may want to pull those flowers out and plant something else that you actually admire, like lilies. You don't need to justify removing the roses. It's your garden after all. If you get the chance to work on your belief garden, I'd love to hear about it. Good luck. During episode five, I was in conversation with Ade Lurigo, who shares her story of being voiceless as a child growing up in Nigeria. Her experience of trauma in childhood led her to her career in social work and taking the leap into entrepreneurship as the CEO and founder of Agency Connection. Ade's organisation aims to diversify adoption and fostering panels to help them recruit high-caliber panellists. Ade wants to be the voice, or provide voices, 
for vulnerable children in the care system. The lesson from this story is about a topic that every single human being feels at some stage in life. I'm talking about fear. It's a human emotion that we will have met and will meet again. Let's get friendly with fear. Ade's advice is not to let anyone else tell you you can't do something that you want to do. More often than not, their attempt to discourage you is covered in their own insecurities. Fear is normal, and it's often our body's way of keeping us safe and out of danger. The problem is, is that most of the situations that we encounter in the 21st century won't actually put our lives at risk. They're often no more than departures out of our comfort zone. Ade and I spoke about the importance of acknowledging the fear and doing the thing afraid. Just think of any invention or gadget that you know and love. Well, there was a time when it didn't exist. Someone out there heard the naysayers telling them that it couldn't be done, but they pushed their own fears and the insecurities of others aside and did it anyway. The key thing to remember is that when we're doing something that scares us, we'd be better off trying our best to detach ourselves as much as possible from the outcome. Some things we're going to do and fail, others will be average at, and others, with some practice, will smash it out of the park. One thing is for sure is that we will learn if we're willing to reflect. The so-called failure is actually data, information that can help us get closer to getting it right in the future. So please do add this story to your list of things to listen to. Next up is Ashley Freighter, aka Confidence Coach and founder of Confidently, the school of personal development for female founders. Ashley shared her journey from bullied schoolgirl to confident woman with the stories that connect us community. From wanting to be invisible to shining brightly, so much so that she now helps women to prioritise their personal development to show up more confidently as a leader in their business. What a turnaround! Like many people, Ashley's relationship with anxiety and confidence started in high school. These years truly are the formative ones and shape who we are as adults. Ashley's current chapter in her life story proves to us that where you start doesn't have to be where you end up. During the pandemic, Ashley entered the world of entrepreneurship full-time as a coach. She did this by asking herself one really important question. What's the worst thing that could happen? She sat with herself while all the possibilities popped into her head. At first, this may seem that we should actually be flipping this question on its head and looking at the best that could happen. I'm here to suggest that it's okay to pose both questions to ourselves and then list out all the possibilities of the best and worst outcomes. In the first few years of starting her business, Ashley experienced the roller coaster of emotions felt by many people who step out on their own. Believing in yourself, doubting yourself, believing the doubt, and so on. The thing is, is that our thoughts can influence our actions, and thoughts are not facts. Ashley's entry into the cycle of doubt was the reason for her first bump in the road. Her fear of success saw her waiting for the progress and growth to dry up. The lesson I want to leave you with from this story is that it's okay to take a step or two back in order to move forward. Ashley had to jump back into employment 
to gather funds to plough into her business and pay her bills. Maslow's hierarchy of needs illustrates why this is nothing to be ashamed of. This hierarchy has five levels, with physiological being step one, followed by safety, love and belonging, esteem and self-actualization, the pinnacle, where we desire to become the best version of ourselves. Ashley realised that it was unrealistic to strive for the higher rungs of the ladder if her basic needs of food, water, shelter weren't being met or were at risk. This allowed her to cut herself some slack and take care of herself. I hope this explanation helps you too. If you thought that people were born confident, I'm here to tell you that you're wrong and I urge you to check out episode 6, Ashley's Story. Episode 7 was my first male guest. Paul Burgess of Coru Associates. He did not disappoint. To date, this episode has been the most popular with the largest number of downloads. I guess this proves that mental health and well-being is a topic on the minds of many of the listeners of this show. Paul is a mental health conversation starter. As a sufferer of anxiety and depression in the past and having sadly lost his best friend to suicide, Paul shares his story with individuals and companies to help them start the all-important conversation about mental health. One thing that this conversation proves is that life events can impact our mental state, particularly if our stress container is already full to the brim. Paul's first encounter with anxiety and panic attacks happened around the time he was burgled and had also lost a family friend. These events on their own may or may not have triggered the panic attack that Paul experienced leading him to visit his GP with suspected heart problems. Paul's stress container was being filled by ineffective coping mechanisms, such as late nights, excessive alcohol, and one too many takeaways. Paul's advice is to regularly examine what's in our stress container by listing everything, and I mean everything, that's going on, and the coping strategies that you've got in place to stop the container from spilling over. So your container might look something like starting a new job, moving house, getting a new pet. The reason why a seemingly minor event can push our stress into unmanageable levels is because the container has no room for anything else, even good things. Paul's story can help us see that just because you can't see something like you would a broken arm, it doesn't mean mental health challenges don't exist. I hope that by listening to this episode that you continue the conversation with your friends and family. We continued the theme of mental health when we met Carla Cravaro. Carla is a trauma-informed and certified sex, love and relationship coach. She works internationally with men and women. During this episode, we discussed trauma, managing anxiety and the importance of not avoiding your emotions, but instead delving deep to understand what's going on at the core. Carla's story starts with anxiety and intrusive thoughts that sparked when she received some news from her medical team when pregnant with her second child. She was told that her baby may have Down syndrome. This information wasn't accompanied with emotional support. She was merely given a decision to make and left to go off on her own and figure out the next step. Carla experienced a multitude of emotions from worry, confusion, shock, despair, guilt, and feelings of helplessness. What was most concerning was that she felt unable to express her true emotions. 
because she didn't want to upset other people. By sweeping her feelings under the virtual rug, she didn't feel seen or heard. I'll let you into a tiny secret. Hiding how we feel doesn't tend to make it go away. What I love about being able to hear the deeply personal stories of my guests is that I learn something new or I'm reminded of something every single time. One new thing for me in this episode was the definition of trauma. Trauma doesn't have to be something truly horrific, like the loss of a life or a limb. Trauma is actually how the body responds to a situation. There's some evidence out there that you have to complete the cycle, the trauma cycle, by examining the body's response and tuning inwards to notice the feelings. Get curious with self-reflective questions and try and figure out what the emotion is trying to tell you. Doing this helps us to get to know ourselves more deeply and gives us the ammunition to better address our needs. Newsflash, we all have needs. We're all needy. I heard this on a podcast the other day and it blew my mind. Needy gets a bad rep. It's like we're afraid to admit that we've got needs. The only person who can tell you what you need is you. Not your neighbour. Not your aunt Clemmy, Or your dog Bruce. Just you. Definitely check out Carla's story, but not before you listen to the rest of this episode. I've only got two more guest stories to cover. In episode nine, I crossed the Atlantic Ocean to speak to my next guest. Virtually, of course. My next guest is Maria Telekiozoglu. Ah, the power of the internet. You can travel the world in a day. It still astounds me. Maria is a relationship coach on a mission to share the gift of a daughter. She helps men build strong and healing relationships with themselves and others. During this episode, we discussed Maria's journey, one that she's still on, a journey to love her whole self and in turn love others in her life. Maria grew up in a bilingual family and spent her childhood and adolescence in Greece with her four siblings before moving to the US for college. She experienced something in early childhood that had a strong and long-lasting influence on how she viewed the worthiness of females versus males. This worldview shaped her self-identity. Her father jokingly told her that he loved her brother more than her. Despite this being said in jest, it didn't stop her taking it on as the truth. It led to her making up the narrative that being a boy was obviously better than being a girl. She then began to stuff down what she saw as more feminine qualities and dial up more traditionally masculine traits, such as structure, discipline, toughness and logic, not ever wanting to appear too sensitive. Ignoring her emotions meant that Maria never felt whole and that parts of her were always at war internally. Friction tended to accompany her relationships with others, particularly the men in her life, as she was projecting her narrative onto them. Maria's journey to love herself was helped by embracing her whole self her masculine and feminine qualities. The key thing to take away from Maria's story is that there is some serious power in narratives, the stories we tell ourselves, many of which are unhelpful and untrue. What we hear in early childhood can impact how we see ourselves and the stories that live on in our minds, but it doesn't have to be this way. We can flip the script and write a new story. How amazing to see that Maria was able to offer herself some compassion and work through her emotions and the stories that she was telling herself. Working on herself and loving herself, warts and all, 
enabled her to show love outwardly to others. It starts and ends with self. I hope I've convinced you to listen to Maria's story in full. We've travelled through nine stories, taking us to episode 10. Victoria Ayodeje was my next guest. Against the odds, Victoria went from inner city London to Cambridge grad, public speaker and mentor. She's also the winner of multiple awards and she's passionate about enacting social change through access to education. Victoria uses her personal experiences in life to support people from diverse backgrounds to overcome barriers to education and employment. This episode is for those with big, big dreams who want to succeed by pushing those barriers out of the way. Growing up as a young girl, Victoria was really quiet and some may say even a bit shy. She feels that her introverted nature is actually her superpower as she would sit back, observe and get really curious with lots of questions to understand why. One ingredient to Victoria's success is her proactiveness, her willingness to seek out free opportunities offered by her local council and other charities, as well as her drive to learn from others, sharing their stories online. Victoria was extremely generous in dropping some gems and a selection of charities and organisations that helped her succeed can be found in the show notes. Do check it out if you're a young person at school or if you know someone who would find it helpful. I love a good saying or a catchphrase and there are two things that Victoria said that have been imprinted on my mind. The first one, always back yourself, first and foremost, before waiting on somebody else to support your idea. Victoria had spent four years or so telling everyone that she was going to be a dentist. When she realised that this was no longer her desired career choice, she knew she had to be her biggest cheerleader and couldn't rely on the backing of others. We're never short of naysayers, that's for sure. The second phrase that Victoria shared is, rejection is sometimes redirection and can even be protection. If you think back to certain doors that have closed on you in your life, many a time this is what has actually opened up the path to something truly amazing, but something you would never have chosen for yourself had the door not been shut. Be sure to listen to Victoria's story in full. In fact, I'd love for you to listen to all the episodes so far. They're available on most major podcast platforms, such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts and Amazon. Go check it out. Just a few final words to leave you with. Some of my awesome listeners and guests have asked how they can support the podcast, as this is a passion project that is 100% self-funded. Well, great news, you can buy me a coffee. The link to my Buy Me A Coffee page will be added to the show notes. Thanks in advance for any support you're able to provide the show. As I said at the start of this episode, my hope is that you can take at least one actionable idea away and share it with one person you know. This way we'll get a ripple effect. If you've listened to any of the episodes and enjoyed them, first of all, thank you. Secondly, please give it a star rating on Spotify or write a review on Apple Podcasts. This will help us grow the community. You can keep up to date on all things stories that connect us by following us on Instagram. Peace and light. Take care and see you on the next one when we'll be sharing Twinkle's story on the power of perspective. (laughs) 
Thanks for listening to today's episode. I really do appreciate you taking time out of your day to join me for Stories That Connect Us. I hope you enjoyed it and that you listened, learned and felt inspired. Stay safe, stay connected. Until next time.